0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation and the Barbecue Nation Network. I'm JT. We've got our good friend Meathead with us today. We're talking about Easter. Oh, I see the one of the puppies behind you there, bud. Uh, I think that's your... Yeah, that would
1: be, oh, okay. No, that's that's Reese. She's
0: not a puppy anymore. Yeah. She's 10 years old. And uh,
1: But there is a, um, a nine-week-old puppy around here. Uh, um, we, as a hobby, have been training leader dogs for the blind for maybe 20 years. Um, and we've, uh, put five of them out there, dragging blind people around now. And, uh, uh, we got, uh, a, a brand new puppy. Our number, our, our well, Reese, whom you just saw is number six. She flunked out uh, about half of them flunk out. We're lucky. We've only lo- had one out of six flunk out and we have number seven just arrived uh, two weeks ago. Uh, and there's a high likelihood she's going to wake up and start howling. In, in and
0: <laughs> well, uh, knowing you, I think, uh, Reese, your dog there, uh, she may have flunked out on purpose just to stay with you guys.
1: <laughs> it's not a bad place to live. We're, 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 we're good puppy raisers.
0: You're good puppy raisers. And with all the barbecue and smoking and grilling and stuff you do. And, um, I know your okay. w- wife's phenomenal in the kitchen. Also, you got a good it's life better. there. Uh, Alas, the dogs get no human food. Uh Oh,
1: yeah. No crumbs. No. You know, one of the things about raising guide dogs is is they're on a very strict diet. They are bred by the leader dogs for the blind, um, and they are bred for longevity, temperament, intelligence, health. uh, uh, The the breeds, uh, Goldens and Labs have a tendency to hip dysplasia, they breed against that. Um, and uh, they are all on a very strict uh, diet. Um, we are told what we can feed them and nothing else. And that's because uh, it, 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 the, the food they get is available everywhere. So uh, yeah. Some of these dogs go overseas. You know, they go to one of our pups is in Spain. Um, so they, they have to be able to buy the same dog food over there that we serve them here. So, well, there you go. There you go. Very strict regimen. I mean, these are working dogs. Sure. uh, They're special animals.
0: Well, and I know you and uh, Mrs. G take very good care of them. And I see pictures of you once in a while trundling around with them outside. Yeah. I don't know who's leading who at that particular moment. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you got it right. They they often are leading us. Well, that's, you know, they are leader dogs. um, And uh, we train them to uh, uh, behave very well. Uh, so uh, they can guide bl- blind people someday.
0: Okay, so here's a question I've never asked you, and and because it's now officially springtime, mm. um, and I know we get, as we add more markets to our network and stuff, we get new listeners all the time. And if somebody has never heard Meathead and, and I discuss barbecuing and grilling and smoking and listen to this show before, I'm telling you, the man we're interviewing here today is the expert. He's the premier expert of this. You've got people that can do specialty things around. They're quite talented at what they do. But for all around knowledge and a resource to get answers, you want to go to Amazing Ribs. You can join and be part of the Pitmasters Club. Or you can just use the kind of the public access area and get lots of uh, good stuff too. Uh, even even listen to some of my shows on there like that.
1: Yes, yes.
0: But you're, we have an archive of your shows in the Pitmaster Club for our members who don't get it uh,
1: uh, on the radio. Yeah. Um,
0: no, that's a great thing. Uh, build a toolkit for a first-time barbecue person um you mean like equipment yeah like we do they need a sharp knife do they need good tongs do they need this i mean it's just it's kind of a perfunctory thing but i don't think we've ever talked about that we've had max on the show talking about you know this grill or the attributes of this grill or smoker and all that but you know if i said meathead you got to put a kit together because we're going to go over Mm -hmm. to this this event and you and i are going to be you know barbecuing and talking to these people all day Mm -hmm. what would you put in the bag well, let, the, the, let's start with the two most
1: essential basic things, and, and that is a really good instant-read digital thermometer. Um, cooking is all about temperature and control of temperature. And if you've ever bought some expensive steaks, grilled them up, put them on the table, and they're overcooked, you know how embarrassing that can be. Oh, and, sure. of course, it's a waste of money or put them on the table and they're raw Uh, with a really good digital thermometer. You'll never have that embarrassment and you'll serve safe food. You don't want to serve undercooked chicken. Undercooked chicken is a health risk. Um, So a really good instant read thermometer. Um, The top of the line, the Thermapen costs about 100 bucks, goes on sale occasionally. Um, But we have seen some very good ones. Well, I have an electrical engineer who tests thermometers for our website. We have a database of reviews of over 200, um, and we don't sell any of these things. I don't sell anything. So if I recommend products here, I'm not recommending anything we sell. Um, But I've seen them as low as 20 bucks. So A good digital thermometer, go to our website, find one that won one of our platinum or gold medals and order it. Um, Number two, uh, knives. We have talked about the Gunther Wilhelm knives because they um, uh, somehow or other have gotten through to both you and me. There are many, (laughs) many knife manufacturers out there, but we both are enamored of the Gunther Wilhelm products. They're German knives. Um, They're really high quality with extremely sharp edges. And uh, a a good knife uh, is absolutely essential. Um, And you don't need too many. I mean, you need a chef's knife. You need a paring knife. It's nice to have a boning knife. Mm -hmm. Um, It's nice to have a serrated bread knife for cutting baguettes. But you don't need a lot more than that.
0: No, not really.
1: Um, A filleting knife is nice. And for that, I go to the sporting goods stores um, like Bass Pro and I buy a filleting knife there, Rapawa makes some, they're 20 bucks, and they're just wicked sharp, flexible for filleting, and if it gets dull, I sharpen them, and if I can't get them sharp again, I just chuck them and get a new one. Um, so knives are uh, essential. Now, let's talk about grills. This is going to puzzle a lot of people and maybe upset a lot of people, and they're going to hang up but there is not a massive difference between gas and charcoal as a lot of people think. What is crucial is the temperature. If you want to sear a steak, you need infrared radiation. You can't sear a steak in an oven. Can you? Mm -hmm. Well, you can't sear a steak on a pellet grill, which is just an oven. Warm air will not sear a steak. So don't tell me that my big green avocado (laughs) gets to 600 degrees. I don't care what the air temperature is. If I want a great sear on a steak, I have to expose it to glowing red coals or flame. Now, most gas grills don't have the horsepower that charcoal does. That's where charcoal surpasses gas grills because it has it can produce more energy, more infrared. So it's better at searing steaks and chops and burgers. But a lot of the new gas grills come with sear burners on them. Yep. And if they have enough energy, and by the way, BTUs is not the way you measure that energy. I'm not going to get into the physics here, but (laughs) you want a sear burner. And the ones that I like the best are the ones that have, a ceramic honeycomb. And if you see something like that, um, those suckers get up to a thousand degrees, and that's what steakhouses. Remember, the best steakhouses cook steak over gas, mm-hmm. not charcoal. Mm-hmm. So don't give me this charcoal, charcoal stuff. Your best steakhouses cook over gas. It's the infrared energy. And the reason we love charcoal so much is it produces so much infrared and most gas grills don't produce enough infrared. So if you are shopping, look for one that has, I'm going to plug a brand here. Um, look at go, go, Google um, Napoleon 500. Um, the Napoleon 500 has a burner on the side that has this ceramic, uh, infrared, right. And it's, and it's, it's reasonably priced. It's built in Canada. Um, so if you've got a normal gas grill, you know, or an inexpensive gas grill that you bought at the big box store, supplement it with a charcoal grill, you can get a Weber kettle for 115 bucks, 120 bucks, right. Or even check this now, of $30 hibachi, you can pile two or three layers of coals, you know, a $30 hibachi and lower the meat till an inch above the coals. And that will give you a phenomenal sear. So um, you, you want to grill with a cover for most of your cooking, because that will help you roast it from all sure. sides. But um, for, for great steaks, great burgers, go for infrareds, charcoal, or infrared burner on a gas grill, then you, you need a good pair of tongs. Yep. Now, if you have to, you can poke a steak or a piece of meat with a pair with, with, with a fork. Remember, meat is 75% water. You get an eight-ounce filet mignon. Six ounces is water. You mm. can poke it with a fork, and if you lose five, ten drops of moisture. There's a six ounces left in that steak. It's not going to go and deflate <laughs> like a balloon. It's just fine. But tongs are better. They won't poke it. You won't bleed it. Um, and again, I mentioned the thermometer. You'll never have to cut into a steak to see if it's the color is the way you want it if you use a good thermometer. Right. And you can't tell by color. Because if you're working at night, those lights that you've got, the, uh, you know, uh, there's a difference between um, uh, uh, incandescent lights and fluorescent lights, LEDs, and, LED LED and all, LED all that lights, stuff. Yeah, they have a different color to them. Every woman knows this because they won't put their makeup on under inf- on, 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 under um, uh, fluorescent
0: lights, right?
1: Uh, because it's yellow uh, and green, right? Rather, it's green and blue. So,
0: um. What else? Well, the Uh, one thing I was going to hop in here with you just for a second. When you were talking about tongs, I'm a big fan of the gravity lock tongs. Um, There's a little thing that sticks out of the bottom of the handle, and you you can pull it to lock it, and you tap it, or you just tip it upside down. That little mechanism will slide in, and then they're open. It will help you if you've got the tongs that are always sprung. This is just my experience. If they're the ones that are always sprung, they they work fine. There's nothing wrong with them. But your tendency is to either set them down, hang them on a hook, do something ar- around, which is okay. The ones that are gravity locked will not. You can't knock them off as easy. Mm-hmm. They're easier to place. It's just a little pet peeve of mine. Um, but doing what I've done, like you for so many years, is just one little jeffyism if you will yeah that I, agree. that I like. The Oxo good grips are very good for those mm-hmm. they have
1: that lock um, I have a pair that I've had for years and the lock is now broken and we store them in a drawer in the kitchen and when you're when you can lock them they take up much less space sure and they don't, don't get entangled with all the rest of the junk in the drawer. So what I do is I just save the toilet paper roll, the cardboard. And when I'm done with the tongs, I just slip the toilet paper roll over the end of the tongs and that keeps them compact yep. and I can store them in the drawer. Um, but when the lock is working, uh, they, they're, they they're great. You need a good spatula mm-hmm. as wide as possible. Um, they do make some double spatulas. They're like a pair of tongs with spatulas on right, the end. Right. Those are fantastic for flipping fish, which always falls apart. Um. What else? A grill topper. Um, You need a device that you can put on top of your grill that has very small holes. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Asparagus tends to fall through the slots. They commit suicide, dive into the flames. (laughs) Um, uh, If you've got a grill topper, it's just a piece of metal that's perforated. Some of them have slots in them, but you can put nuts on them. You can put olives on them. You can put uh, the cauliflower florets in them. Sure,
0: uh, they're real handy, and because they're hot metal, they sear nicely. No, those work. Those work very nice. And there's got you've got baskets and trays. The one thing that I would recommend to people is also get yourself a decent cutting board.
1: Oh um,
0: yes, you know. Um, y- you can buy cheap cutting boards and that's what you'll probably end up with. And they scar very easy and Mm -hmm. that that's fine. But if you get yourself a nice cutting board to work with, you'll probably have it for a long time. I would just put it. I don't think it, you know,
1: my wife was a microbiologist before she retired and pretty famous one. And, um, I've read a lot about the, uh, safety of cutting boards. (laughs) Sure. Um, and, uh, Uh, plastic is my choice because I can throw them in the dishwasher and I know they're going to get pasteurized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Wood is very good though. Um, If you scrub it well and uh, uh, use um, a a really good, sometimes a a chlorine based scrubbing powder, um, they'll be perfectly safe. So it's a a coin flip as to which, but um, I prefer plastic. Now, we've been buying these flexible plastic cutting boards, which are nice for if you're chopping onions and mm-hmm. you want to fold the cutting board. And But it they warp. And after a while, they just won't lay flat. And uh, I'm about ready to ban them from the house. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but a thin plastic board is really,
0: really nice to have. And uh, we've got a couple of those. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, you know, folks, those are some things there. <clears throat> at Meathead's suggestion, and I agree with 100 percent that if you're just kind of getting going, or maybe it's springtime and you want to replenish your tool kit, I would I would look at all of those things that we just talked about because Father's
1: I, Day coming up,
0: Father's Day's coming up. Yeah. We got Mother's Day. A lot more ladies are now getting into the grilling and smoking stuff. You can follow them on social media. Gosh, there's a, a lot, lot of, of the them. Big out Big box stores now have got. St- Have hauled out all their spring,
1: you know, picnic and barbecue stuff. So some of it's on sale. Yeah. One more thing. Can I throw in one more? Absolutely. Um, I am very fond of my cast iron griddle. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a um, uh, just a a standard garden variety flat griddle on one side. It's got ridges on the other side. I don't use the, the ridge side, but that flat griddle side, it's got a lip around it, so if I pour oil on it, the oil doesn't run off on, onto the grill. And it's really handy for I like to um, um, uh, sear salmon and, and things of that. So in fact, actually, sure. I learned a, 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 my salmon technique in Portland. Uh, I was up there one year on vacation and stumbled into a street fair and watched a, mur- uh, a, a guy searing salmon on a flat top, and then he he served the hot seared salmon on top of a nice ice cold romaine salad. And boy, that is a combo.
0: That oh, it's love. great. We serve it as often as we can. It is. It is absolutely terrific. And uh, we're kind of known for that around here. Well, Meathead. So what are you cooking? Is it just you and um, Mrs. G for the e- Easter and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, um, we have both gotten both our shots. And uh, I come out of the two week um, uh, period uh, on April 1st um, tomorrow. Oh, that's tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, And uh, um, but I think we're just going to be the two of us. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the members of her family are are young and they haven't been. uh, So I don't know. We're slowly reintegrating. Yeah. uh, We're still going to be careful.
0: Yeah, I've gotten both Shelley and I have gotten both of our shots, which is, and our daughter, because she's a teacher.
1: Oh, great. She, she
0: got hers. Her um, significant other hasn't got his yet. So he's, I feel bad for him because now he feels like the third wheel at any event mm-hmm. because he hasn't done that. And, uh, you know, get, get your shots. And don't forget, Krispy Kreme will give you a free donut yeah every day not just one day day. every day if you have your vax card with you yeah that's tremendous unfortunately there's none near me and i love crispy creams they're my favorite oh man we've got uh got one just up the street here from the radio station
1: if i send you my uh my shot card will you start shipping me
0: crispy sure i'll fedex (laughs) them to you I mean Ed, it's been great as always, my friend. Um, I always have such a good time talking to you, and I know that our my listeners love it too. So
1: thanks for inviting me. It's always fun. I just enjoy the chance to have a conversation about cooking, and that's what these are. I don't, yeah, you know, I forget that we're on the radio. Uh, we we just we just
0: have. I like talking to you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and you know, believe it or not, we kind of know a couple things. So I mean. I'm not sure what those things are, but we do know them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, That's going to wrap it up for us this week, folks. Don't forget, go to amazingribs.com. And don't forget also meet up in Memphis. It'd be a great trip. I'm actually thinking of coming this year. I'd love to have you. Yeah, I'd love to come down there and uh, I'll I'll do you my Elvis impersonation. But anyway, (laughs) we'll do that. Until next time. Uh, Thank you, Meathead, and thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you all, and one piece of advice, be kind out there. Take care, everybody.